The world's most popular QPR podcast, that's us, will be holding its traditional end-of-season party in front of a live audience on May the 5th at the good ship Kilburn. The first two names confirmed are fans' favourite Lee Cook and QPR CEO Lee Hoos, meaning we can amuse ourselves by calling the evening Cook Who's Talking. Please join us. Tickets are a tenner and can be purchased via qprpod.co.uk. QPR! Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast, brought to you by fans, but we're always open to ideas from other people of where we're doing things right, wrong or indifferent. Please give us your feedback and you can do that by going on Twitter and going to at QPR pod. Facebook, you can find us at New QPR Podcast and you can also listen to us on uh, IndyR's, iTunes and various other things like Podbean and things like that there. And please give us your feedback because we welcome it. If you can last longer than three minutes, that's always a bonus. Um, we're also <laughs> doing a live podcast coming to you from the Good Ship Kilburn on May the 5th. We've got um, Lee Cook lined up and Lee Hughes has agreed to join us to take questions and talk about the future of QPR and where we're going, which is most welcome, and the chance for fans to actually interview him and um, have an open and honest, really. And we're also going to have a few other people coming along as well as a surprise. And it certainly will be surprised because we haven't booked them yet. Um, we've also doing a Stan Bulls t-shirt with the Art of Football. A fiver going directly to his family to help with um, Stan's treatment. So please, please look up Art of Football on Twitter and go through the the, 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 the QP, You can buy it by QPRPod.co.uk. It's a really good cause. And you know what? I actually really like the t-shirt. Have you seen it? Have yeah, you, I think it's good. What do you think? It's actually good, isn't it? Yeah, well, I thought it, was, I thought it, was, it looked a good design. What do you think, Chris? Would you buy it? Will you buy it? You yes, have to I buy would. it. Yes, of course I would buy it, yeah. All, most of the T-shirts look nice. The ones with QPR players on there. The one they did for Bobby Zamora of his last-minute winner in a playoff final was very nice. I'm looking forward to the Basingo one. <laughs> <laughs> Going towards a plane. Right, I'm joined this week by three other QPR fans, because that's what we are, a fans podcast. Always open for ideas and feedback. Right, Kev McSweeney. Good evening. You have done things for the BBC, am I right? Yes. And you've been in Prague for a while? Yeah, for a couple of years. How was it like following QPR on Prague? Was it difficult in them seasons, or was it ha- handy of being in the Premier League at the time where you could have live streams? Well, actually, uh, this year with the Championship, because Sky have more uh, games on TV now, you actually saw about half the home games before I left Prague. So oh. you, you actually saw quite a lot of games, but when it was there in the Premiership, you could go to pubs and 80% of the time you'd find the game. Excellent. Prague's my favourite city in the world, by the way. I love it. I think it's great. That's a great city. Right. Also, Chris, I haven't seen you for ages, Chris. How are you keeping? Um, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I could tell you a story about Prague, not for the uh, podcast, though. Your stories do two things to me. (laughs) Terrify. (laughs) And terrify more. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've heard your stories about Prague, actually, on the podcast. But anyway, welcome, Chris. Hope everything's all right. Yes, fine, thanks. Good. And we have Chris Mendes on as well. Hello, Finney. How you doing? I'm Nabad, big man. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, not too bad. Right. One of the other things we got feedback on is too much chit-chat between ourselves and not enough to talk on QPR. Welcome your feedback on Twitter. If you can last longer than three minutes, please give us it. Right, that's the last time I'm saying that. Not a dig at anyone. Right, where do we go? With what? Right, here's my, here's my dilemma of what we're talking about, right? We're, we've kind of... You said it in the pub earlier on, Kevin. We've had the longest pre-season ever. 
because our season kind of ended in January, yeah. didn't it, really? Let's be honest. So how, what's the thought on pre-season so far, then, after Saturday and so on? Well, I mean, for, for me, I'm, I'm quite glad that finally we've reached that point where we can't go up or can't go down. Uh, the can't go up bit came this week, uh, so we can't catch Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and I know the last time I was on, which was a while ago, I was sort of banging on about that. And, I, and I'm quite happy, to be honest, because uh, I think even the fans, even the most ardent fans, most optimistic fans had uh, realised that wasn't going to happen about three weeks ago. But now it's finally confirmed. And I think it's just a chance, as been said before, for Hasselbank to blood some of the youngsters because they have they have played for various other teams but to but to look ahead to next season and to maybe not play the players he doesn't want in the team so much I noticed Hallett was on the bench unused against Cardiff I don't know whether that was because he's off uh would seem to suggest it he might be um and yeah I, I, I as for the game itself I mean uh, from what I can gather I didn't go but it's 90 minutes of the lives of the people who went they won't get back so well done them um, but what, what did please me was that I know you know a lot of people said we were going through the motions, but we kept a clean sheet at Cardiff. There was a there was a goal line clearance from Clint Hill. There was they were putting their bodies on the line in you know as much as they could do, and to come away with Cardiff with anything is always a pleasure. So um, yeah, I've, I'm generally quite happy. It used to be going to Cardiff with a coaching tag was a story. <laughs> yes. <but> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin. I think the positive has to be Matt Ingram, but it mm. also leads to the conundrum of, we've had this before with Alex McCarthy, how are we going to keep two goalkeepers happy and for how long? Normally, when you have a reserve goalkeeper, you either have an old crusty who's happy to be backup goalkeeper or a good young player from your own ranks. So I think that's going to be a problem as we go forward. No, but When was the last time we had two... One and two is that we've, we've both competing and both able to come in. I mean, who, who did we have when? Well, we're stage, stage cow and um, Roberts. Yeah, um, Radek, I'm not saying he's amazing, but Radek Cherny we had was there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Radek Cherny. Because I'm always accused of talking too much in the past. So I, I'm glad you said that. I mean, I, I always remember like the days of Paul Barron and so on as well, and, and things out there. But. Yeah, it's a good point about the keepers. I know it's good to see that Ingham did come in and do a really good job. Yeah, we mentioned it on a pod last week, actually. Um, and, yeah, it was good to see him get a chance. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go jump into conclusions about Hoylip because we've got a tough game against Brighton on uh, tomorrow night on Tuesday. So it could be that he's just resting his legs oh, yeah, in a yeah. game that we will need pace going you know, on, the, on the counter. When it, uh, we'll be under the cosh for a lot of, period, a lot of that game, I imagine. But, um, but, yeah, I don't know about Hoylip, whether he'd be there next season. Obviously, his no. wages would have to take a major hit. He won't be here. Maybe he'll go he, and he play for Toronto and Canada. He, he could well do. I, I've got a funny feeling he might go to China or somewhere like that. Or the, the Bundesliga seems to be. He still seems to be highly regarded there. I think Chris uh, Chris has hit the nail on the head about the MLS because he made himself available for Canada, where he'd never been available. He'd made himself available before, and I think that would be in mind to the MLS, given that they have expanded in Canada. Oh, okay. Depends where his, his his head's at. I mean, it depends whether he he is looking to get a, a deal on the same money. Well, of course. I mean, any job you'd want to get the same money, but realistically, um, it's unlikely anyone's going to pay that. Um, or whether he he wants to, you know, because I know a lot of the cynics will say the only reason he started playing well this second. Keep half your of the cynics. Season, no, <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah, it's you to get it's to, for well. Yeah, but it's to get a new contract, but. Equally, he, he has been, you know, he's been quite a bright light in the last few weeks and it depends whether he wants to carry that on at a decent level of football. I mean, he's not that old. I mean, uh, MLS is, I mean, the standard's improvement, but it's essentially a retirement home for once 
decent footballers. So mm. I would hope that's not the case, but obviously that's up to him. I mean, to answer that question, I don't know exactly what he's on, but I would imagine his wages would have to be slashed in half probably for him to stay. I, I think it's actually more than half. Because he came on a boss, he came on a free, he came mm. on a, he was out of contract, and we had to pay Blackburn a fee at a tribunal. So from that point of view, I, they say, do they say they've got an unofficial ceiling of twenty thousand now? I don't know. I think uh, something it, like that. I think, yeah, I don't know. It'll be a tricky summer because last at the end of last season, we got rid of Joe, um, Joe Bottom and Bobby Zamora. They were both on big wages, and they're both in the top top few teams in the championship now. They're doing quite well, but. Um, we're going to have to just wait up because you know this time in the last season people we were saying we need young hungry players but in a way we have kind of like missed a little bit of championship know-how so it, we'll just have to find players that are, have the experience in the championship are good enough to get us up but won't demand too too much in terms of wages and Barton's accepted must have accepted much lower terms at Burnley so it's just about finding the players that are good enough at that level with the experience who, who actually really want to play for the club. Well, there's, there's, there's two things that are going to make a massive difference away from the pitch for QPR next season, and that is financial fair play and the budget. So them two things are going to be massive. Do we, we'll probably have to do our business early, I'm thinking, just in case we do get a bad run on, on, on financial fair play and we get an embargo. Is that still, can we still get an embargo? Are they talk about financial fine embargo? Cause I think they're still is this QPR? Still. We could actually meet the players yeah. leaving Russia or something, couldn't we? Not us. Well, the, it, good, the good thing is, that the, because, of, because of the fact that we've known for a while, it's official now, but that, that we're not going up and not going down, that, that um, Hasselbank can plan for life in the Championship rather than the uncertainty of not knowing what league we're in. So I'm sure uh, him and Les will have identified a few targets already. Wouldn't be surprised if there's one or two maybe from Burton um, that you've worked with before. Uh, again, that depends what league they're going to be in next year as to whether we'd be able to get hold of them. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I just think it's... I think it's quite refreshing, you know, that we've got someone like Hasselbank in charge, and he, he's sort of uh, rather than Redknapp, for instance, he's oh sort God, of looking. Yeah. He's looking forward. Rather, rather than, you in charge of Redknapp? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what. And, and I don't know. I, although I've said I'm happy to be yeah, mid-table obscurity, the other side of me is it's, it's quite weird not having anything to play for, not looking at the table, Pretty working out whether you can get enough wins mm-hmm. to stay up or whether you can get enough uh, to get into the playoffs. You want more drama, Chris, as a QPR fan? I, yeah, well, I do and I don't. I mean, this is, as I've said, I'm quite happy with the place we're in. But the last few years, we haven't really been in that place. So, it, again, it's quite weird adjusting. And I've got to say, it, of, of course, you know, if, if, if uh, we score a goal, I'm jumping up and down, I'm, I'm wanting us to do well. But it's not quite the same as when you're fighting for your lives or trying to get into the playoffs. The, that level of excitement and anticipation it drops a little bit. Do you think that's why it's kind of gone a wee bit strange with the fan base, Kev? Because there is nothing to play for, so there is all these arrows on Twitter because everyone's, everyone's frustrated and everything else. Because for the last, God knows how many years, it's going up or going down or whatever. I think you've, the problem you've got is what happened during the season where expectations were, first of all, they were told they were consolidation, and then the goalposts got moved, and it was talked of promotion. So then from that point, we're now back with a new manager, and it feels like we're in a time zone six months behind where we should be. If we'd had a new manager come in last at the end of last se- season, a totally fresh manager then we'd have been six, like Hasselbank, we'd have been six months further on and we'd know a lot more. Whereas I would say to people at this moment in time, it's going to be another year before we actually see whether this is going forward or not. Because okay. at the moment, 
we've, we've, signed play, we've signed players in January and they haven't had much game time. People like Connor Washington hasn't seen hardly any game time. Ben Gladwin was brought back from Swindon to be assessed. And again, rather than starting games, these guys are coming on in the, you know, from sometime after 65 minutes. So it's, it's hard to say. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see how many people leave and how many people come in. But probably the biggest thing we need in, say, midfield is we don't have any power or pace. Mm. And other teams do have power and pace. And that's one thing that has to be looked at. Mm. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't expect Junior Hoylet to be there, as we were just saying. Um, and I don't expect Matty Phillips to be there either. And they're the two wide players we've used more than any other this season. El Chiarty's come in, so I'm guessing he'll play a lot more next season. But there's going to... I know we were saying this time last year, we're going to, you know, it's going to be wholesale changes again. And looking at it this year, it's difficult to see how, you know, we're not going to... We probably won't keep the same spine of the team that we've had this year. Um, but... I don't know, it's difficult. You know, you just have to like judge it after the summer when, when they've identified the targets. I think they must have scouts um, in the European League, so I would expect a couple of players to come in from, from Europe, like as we did last summer with Poulter and Cherry. Cherry's another player who I wouldn't be surprised to see him yeah, leave in the Neil summer as well. Yeah, Neil was saying on the last podcast, wasn't he? He was saying... He, he it was different, Yeah, I mean, I've... Thing that is, free yeah, kick on Twitter was quite good, wasn't it? You see that free kick he did. He did some adverts for company. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. No, he's a, he's a, he's a decent player. I mean, he I mean he hasn't done it every single game. Don't get me wrong, but um, I'm sure people will be aware of him. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure if we'd have gone up, he'd have he'd, he'd have stayed. But uh, where do you think Phillips will go then, Chris? Um, I think Phillips will just. I think he'll go to somewhere like West Brom. They're, yeah. they're not going to go down. Pulis. Um, fancies him, yeah. So he'll go to a team in the lower half of the Premier League, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That I don't think we're going to get five million for him now. Was it five million they were they were going to offer? Or was it ten? Can't remember now. It, it, it was, was ten that we wanted, but yeah. I could see him going for four or five million. I, I reckon he'll go for about three. Yeah, I think well, that's Q, more well, like QPR it. bought him for six, didn't they? I mean, it would be a shame to take that much of a hit on him. Yeah, we bought Sandra for ten million. What was that? What oh, he's another is? player. He, surely he's not going to be there. <laughs> this is what worries me. Right. First of all, I've got to get caught. For, Washington off my chest, right? Not just because I'm partisan, because I'm Northern Irish and things like that. Yeah. But I don't get it. You spend a load of money on the lad, you give him a number nine shirt, you massively hype him, and he's not going to do a lot of damage from the bench. And you could say, yes, next season, but he's got to surely get the time to, to gel with the players, to get something going with him now, to get himself to feel part of the squad, because I'm sure he's probably feeling a wee bit... You just want him to get as much game time before the Euros, nah. <laughs> My worry is, and this is... I, I got called ridiculously stupid, which is not the first time last time, and it'll always be said to me, because I am, um, is if he has a good Euros, we may never see him in a QPR shirt next season. Um, you know, because let's face it, he's only no, going to score a decent goal out in the Euros and he might get a move. I, I don't mean, believe that. I mean, it's not like well, Northern Ireland are going to win it, are they? And Look, he might score one or two goals. I didn't say we're going to win it. You know, yeah. Jerry Armstrong got a great move it, it, to Spain after scoring against Spain. We beat them 1 0 and then he too. If he scores a few goals, then I don't expect him to leave. You know, he's not going to be the top scorer in the tournament. I think it would be great if he scores a couple of goals. The thing was, I think Jerry Armstrong, my memory serves, he was sort of established in the top flight, wasn't he? Yeah, it was back Tottenham then. and Watford. Yeah, well, so I mean, Connor Washington has sort of came from non-league. He was a postman a few years ago. Sort of mirrors yeah. the Charlie Austin story. Only well, there you go. Exactly. Most of your players, 
playing in the championship anyway. That kind of standard, aren't they? <laughs> They're all over the place. But this is a QPR podcast, but not Finney's Norn Ice. Here's the point, dream. We have a manager that only likes playing one up front. And at the moment, he well, likes okay. playing, playing Poulter. And he like, one of my friends explained it to, explained it to me because I was away and I came back to Charlton game. He goes, you will see the new tactic where the ball is played long and Poulter has to, get, has to be out to receive it. And so it's played to the wings. So thus, Poulter does all the running and he, he doesn't seem to want to risk playing with two players up front. And this is, that's, one of the biggest prob- that's one of the biggest problems. So he signed one forward for £2.5 million, £2.8 million, and he's not getting game time. And he likes the work rate of another forward. So that's why we're not seeing anything, because he only ever plays one. Yeah. Which, which, I, think, I think it's good that he's kind of letting Poulter... Because Poulter's kind of grown into that role at QPR. He's still getting used to the league, leading the line up front. He's getting better and better. So I think we'll see him develop even more next season. He needs a partner. You can't tell me you can play him as a finisher because yeah. you can't. He's, and I think he'll be better for it as well. I mean, what I liked about him in the last Sun game is how much he, he wanted to die for the shirt. We're always, yeah. well, he, he gets a fair amount of stick on Twitter and stuff, as Jimmy Mackey does, but at least they give the role. You can't Are you talking about Poulter? So? Yeah, they, he, he gives it. But... Now, I'm, I'm, I keep saying this again, I get pulled up over it, whatever. I live in the past, but explain to me formations, because I'm old, and I, I can't see why you can't play two up front in the championship, because surely to get out of the championship, it's about goals, or am I missing something? Uh, yeah, you can, but I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not sure he fancies him over Hoyler and Phillips out wide at the moment, which I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I disagree with you, especially when you consider that those two that he have been playing Bourne probably won't be there next season, so you kind of mm-hmm. should be thinking about that next season. But maybe, you know, you just got to have to trust what he's but, doing. But it can some things; these things can sometimes work out. For instance, like Marcus Rashford from Man United, who wouldn't have got a sniff. They have a load of injuries. He gets a sustained run in the side, and all of a sudden he's banging the goals in. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's a. I read this out when Washington signed, but I just dug it out. A mate of mine's a Peterborough season ticket holder, um, and he said uh, first couple of years he worked hard, but looked quite average uh, when Wesley took over he looked a class act definitely a confidence player he's quick loves to get one on one defenders uh, one on one with defenders with the right service you've got yourself a good striker reminds me a lot of Craig McHale Smith with his 100% attitude not scared to roll his sleeves up and dig in for the team interesting so that's what the Peter fans think of him um, and, and I've seen that I mean you see he scampers around I remember his debut everyone was like whoa came out on the left put that brilliant cross in and I, I thought from then he was going to go on and mm-hmm. you know, he was going to be a big fine but as you say he's, he, um, the managers preferred to have the big German up front but I think now's the time uh, going back to what you said Paul to, if we're going to experiment with formations and the like then maybe now's the time to do it I wouldn't be surprised to see him start on Tuesday we have got no risk of going down. He didn't. He didn't play very long on Saturday, so Hasselbank will probably start with people who who, who didn't. He'll make. A, I expect him to make four, three or four changes to the team. I like. I want to see Robertson come back. There's nothing wrong with him if he's obviously not injured. Because I think he yeah. Did really well, but he had a cramp towards the end of the game before last. So well, they but just, it might be. I just cramp in my seat. That's another story. They're not risking. They're deciding they're going to play Robinson in home games. They ease him back so he doesn't have to travel. Yeah. He doesn't have to overnight. Doesn't have to do things like that. Uh, with Washington, it is really weird that he's not starting games and coming off to get game time. And the problem is, when you've got Poulter, because Hoyler and Phillips, they never seem to show that much football intelligence in terms of being predatory in boxes. Mm. Like if balls are coming in from what the other wing, they don't really go sniffing into spaces. 
okay. to attack space where you're going to get a lot of cheap goals. And that, that's one of the things where if you have a secondary forward or you have someone more instinctive, you will pick up a lot more goals. Do you know what I couldn't understand? I saw this. Again, I'm, I'm going to refer to Twitter. Is a young lad called that came on last, not Cardiff, the week before. Um, people always said, oh, yeah, you, you, you can't try him again. He wasn't very good. One game as yeah. a sub. I mean, are we judging players too quickly? I mean, all right, Kinchelski has been a terrible signing, but surely... Surely, no matter how bad he is, he could do a job at left back ahead of Kinchelski. I mean, I could, I'm thinking of coming back. Well, Charlie Austin, I'm sure when he first joined us, he he, he went about five five or six games without scoring, and he did. if memory serves. So, I, you know, you, that, that, you can't use that. People were qu- quite quick to judge Cherry as well. I think some people, and all of a sudden, he's into double figures uh, in league goals, and he doesn't even play up front. You know, that's why at the end of the season, teams who go up and teams in the bottom half of the Premier League will look at that and say, "Oh, he's." Midfielder scored ten goals. He'll get me goals, guaranteed goals if I take a chance on him. So, okay, here's here's another question then. Why are people not getting a chance? Why are fans judging? Is it is it because we've been spoiled by money? I, well, the, you could you could say that, or whether just people don't people don't have a, a patience to it. If you, when you're talking about Kopeka, he came into a, a back four that had never played for, and actually. We didn't actually have... It was, what I was watching was Grant Hall to see whether if his confidence over the year had grown so that he would lead and direct mm. a bit. But he, didn't, but he didn't seem to. So I think that, that has an effect on players as well because you can't... You do need some kind of... There isn't a natural leader in the team at the moment. Unless you play... Clint Hill. Unless you play Clint Hill. And obviously Clint Hill's talking about actually he might have to move on because he'd like to play a few more games. He doesn't want to stop playing yet. Really? But that's what mm. I... That's OK, what well, I mean, if that's the case, then if, if he's fit, then I would, I would, I would have Clint Hill um, for next season. If he's can got you play season. a 37-year-old in the Championship? Why not? Yeah, of course okay. you can. But that's, that's why the summer's going to be really difficult as well because the, that's what we do need. We need Championship-proven players and leaders, and they're not easy to find. Mm. You know? and, uh, and we have to sort out the balance of midfield because Chris made a very good point about Sherry, but one of the hardest things about Sherry, he can only play literally in that hole behind because... When he played out wide, Fulham, he got put on the naughty step for not tracking back. Mm. So then we have a real problem in, in midfield that three of our more talented players, how do you fix the problem of Sherry, Fallin and Lunga? Because they're our creative access, really. I know that Phillips and Hola occasionally do some things, occasionally provide crosses, but all the engine comes from those guys doing things. Mm. And it's a question of... How do we? How do you get a formation that makes the best of what we've got? At the moment, it feels we, our manager is playing to his preferred formation, which is probably not the best for the players we have. So Carlo Ancelotti would always tell you, play, make your formation around the players you have. But unfortunately, managers come in and they only play one way. It's a bit like substitutes. You kind of feel that sometimes uh, players you nearly need the last rights before they're going to be taken off. Well, I like the Danny Blanchflower quote, is that we equalise for the old team score. I always think that's the way to play football. Chris, what's your... Because I'm, I'm, I don't get all this false number, nine, tens and everything else, and four, five, this, mm. that, and the other, and five, four, this, and all these sort of things. What do you think is our best formation, our way forward? Well, I think that... I mean, a lot of clubs at Swansea... Um, to name one, <laughs> that's the only one I will name at the moment. They get a manager in, and it comes from above that. They, the manager, uh, Brendan Rogers, brought in a certain style of playing, 
And when the manager departed, the club stuck to that ethos and brought in a manager to fit their style. So I think it's a bit... I think if Hasselbank hasn't had the chance because of what you just mentioned. He hasn't had his players. You know, Burton, he had, he had you know... OK, he wasn't there long, but he clearly had the players mm. um, he needed to play his sort of high... his preferred high-pressing game. So I would, I would stick with what the manager wants. And it's going to... Next, next season, he'll, we'll jettison some players. We'll get some more in. Um, I, I, I've got confidence in, in him that this system will work, that he's playing. Um, and I think, we sh- I think he should persevere with what he thinks. But equally, it wouldn't hurt him to try out some other formations in this little window we've got before the, before, uh, the end of the season. I think there is cause for optimism as well, because it's easy... Optimism to... on this podcast? Yeah, there is. Really? Go on. Um, there is a lot of uncertainty at the club at the moment, but... I think you have to trust that things will improve in the summer because they did in last summer, Les' first summer as director of football, um, after the shambles of the, the season before, we got some good players in. Um, we met the objectives that they had at the start of the season, which was not to go back down again. And if you look at the last the form table in the championship, the last 10 games, QPR are actually in a playoff position. So I think things are improving. Also, what, what would you take for next season? Would you take, as a minimum, would it be... Get in the playoffs? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would. I would yeah. say that was a positive. I think if we get anywhere near the playoffs, it'll be an achievement. But I mean, would you? It'll be a tough league next year because this season, as I've said, um, you know, mid to I was I've been quite happy with that. Next season, I think if he gets a, gets a few players and he wants gets rid of a few, then I think we should be definitely be targeting um, the playoffs. And I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I personally would, you know. I, Mid-table next season, I wouldn't be quite so happy with. To be fair, what we got to concentrate more on anything is is getting a decent training ground and going forward. What, what, yeah. what you want to see? Is is, I know it's a myth. Pro- it's progress. progress. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing about everything. It's progress. So on one side, you'd say you'd like to see some more goals away from home because we've only scored under Jimmy's reign. We've only scored ten oh, away from home in eleven and one games. Win you were saying as well. One win, eight draws, two defeats. So two defeats is very good in eleven games. But we do need to score some more goals. But like everyone says, progress is the fit. Pro- progress thing and pushing for players would be, would be that. And if you look at this year, it's been very interesting that no one from the top half has put any pressure on Sheffield Wednesday or Derby for months. The top mm. six have been in their own little world, just like we've been in our own capsule with Reading, Preston and... and uh, Lots wolves, of so, wolves yeah. say to speak. There's been about four teams around us all the time, and then you've had the others that are just meandering above the relegation lot, and then you've had the five five teams down the bottom. It's been probably a very strange year in the championship. And then you've got Rotherham. <laughs> and then you've got the mighty Rotherham. <laughs> you can't, you can't Top me- of the form list. You, you, you can't mention, as I found out on Twitter and Sunday, you can't mention Neil Warnock or anything he did for QPR. Like... Doing that crazy thing he did, like winning the league, right. without everyone saying, "Well, what did he do at Leeds and Palace?" It's like, who cares? Well, yeah, he won the, of course, he yeah. won the league with us, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm not in the, I'm not in the. We should have. Kept, I, I, I was in the. Let's at the time. Why, why not just stick with just for a bit of consistency? Stick with Warnock till the end of the season. Okay, that didn't happen. Fine, we've moved on from that. I'm not of the ilk that you know we should have jettisoned. Uh, but you can still talk about it, surely. But you, yeah, I mean, he's done a brilliant job there. He does. Well, he's doing what he does best, really. He's a brilliant championship manager. Um, and OK, I don't think he was given a fair crack of the whip in the Prem. Um, and who knows? He, you know, we weren't in the relegation zone at the time. We'd had a 1-0 away win at Everton, which is no mean feat. 
Um, but equally, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. I think we need a, 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 a younger bloke with fresher ideas, and uh, I don't think Warnock is the man I agree, but it is weird how he, he's not allowed to be talked about on Twitter without everyone going, oh, you can't look to the past. It was only a couple of years ago we did actually win the league. I'm not saying he's... Well, uh, some of the Twitter comments I've seen is, you know, why the hell didn't we look at Warnock? Why we, we could have been we could have won the league? There's obviously a reason why we didn't keep him, um, whatever that is. I, I f- was that not to do with the... Um, like... A, a bun fight in some ways that he the well, he was a bun fight oh, okay. like that he was after that he was interested in like a di- he was always talking about a director of football role Maybe. and that role was already filled so then in that circumstance there was never going to be he's also a, a massive personality oh he? big he's he a big is a massive personality I mean but what he's done at Rotherham, regardless, I, I'm not not saying this because I, I, I'm backing Jimmy all the way, just in case anyone from Twitter who helped me is listening. <laughs> um, but they were dead and buried when we played them. They looked finished. They were gone. Yeah. And he's come in there, done a great job. If I was Aston Villa, I'd employ him tomorrow. Yeah, that's well. my personal opinion. Don't care about Villa that much. Although I am enjoying seeing them back next season after the grief they gave us last year. Well, I'd give him Championship Manager of the Year. He's done, a, he's done an amazing job. Really well, Championship has. Manager of the Year well, should did. obviously go to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank because I accuse him of backing the manager. Into <laughs> so I would give it to him. Well, he did, he, I mean, Warnock did really well even in his short period of us as well this season. The problem with he having, his ship. The problem with having him as your manager is that, you know, yeah, he'll give you a great chance of... Uh, promotion from the championship but once you're in the Premier League his record there isn't very good at all yeah, but think, yeah. I mean the thing is I'm thinking this from my and it's not a long term no of course not but then option. again the money that's going to be in the Premiership next season is massive and if there was one season money doesn't it, matter to us we only waste it oh I know but <laughs> let's pretend we've got a sensible head on and we're going to actually use it wisely I mean you know yeah but we don't I don't he, think he got as a you club, though. and I don't think it's fans, not the future. I don't think the fans want to go up just to come down again. Yeah. Next time they go up, they want the structure there to be in place that they stay there for ten, at least ten years. Which is why someone like Jimmy, hopefully, God willing, is is the man to put that structure in place and and implement the playing style, which will hopefully be followed by his successors. Amen, sir, and. A training ground but go, of our own would be great. Yeah, um, just going back to what you said about Villa, I'd just be interested to see who of the relegated clubs, oh, sorry, of the clubs um, battling against relegation, we want to come down. Because I, I was thinking, no. initially I was thinking, you know, um, we want to avoid the big boys because last time Newcastle came down, they went straight back up again. But then again, you know, it's not a happy ship there no, particularly. Think, they haven't I got think the personalities, Villa. have they? And no, then Sunderland under, struggle. I mean, Sam Allardyce apparently might not, Stay if, if Sunderland get relegated. But if, if, if Allardyce stays at Sunderland, that's another one you don't really want down there. I want to see Newcastle go down and get Paul Hart as manager. <laughs> I'd rather oh. Sunderland went down than Norwich because Sunderland, if Norwich go down, no, I, can can see them, I can see them being right up there. Like, well, I think After the thing with Norwich is Norwich, like. I hate Norwich. Huh? I don't like Norwich. Yeah. That's the team we've played well, most ever. Well, 1976, I know. I just don't like them. Yeah, but Alex Neal will stay there. They'll keep most of the same players. That's, that's and they'd be straight back the up. The trouble is, the you, you know that Newcastle and Sunderland, regardless, is going to be a Tuesday night in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, know, yeah. It, you just know that. It, it could be a Saturday where we could go up and enjoy ourselves. It's going to be a Tuesday night. But I would like to see Villa, obviously, they're, they're gone, joined by Newcastle and Sunderland, to be perfectly honest with you. Although I, I do not like Norwich, but yeah, it's I more mean, fun with them to other two. I'm sort of the same out from after what Chris said. I think it's it's like the Burnley situation. Well, they've got, I think, you know, their, their manager's a decent manager and he'll learn from that. He's, you know, he's, his first time in the Premier League. He's only 34, I think, Norwich manager. Do, do you know what, sorry, do you know what I'm really good about the Palace didn't go down? I can't stand their fans. And that ultra thing just does my nothing. <laughs> So I'd love to see them really get because I don't like Pardew either. Carry on. Yeah, but I, this is more about who we who yeah. we don't want to play really. And I think Norwich, as you said, Chris. I mean, I, I think 
they, they could keep the nucleus of their squad, add a couple. They've been in the championship before, most of the players. They know what it's about. Whereas Sunderland haven't been there for, uh, well, I don't know, fair while. Newcastle, the same. Villa for absolute yonks. Um, so, and I think it, I've got this Villa fan I know who was like saying, oh, yeah, well, like, you know, if we buy a few championship players, we'll be all right. I'm thinking, mate, you've got no idea. But, but Aston Villa, they've, even two members of the board resigned today. Yeah. So, that. you know, if you look at it, the whole place is in turmoil. And totally. Like, like Chris says about their fans, they haven't been in the second division since 1987. They haven't got a clue what the championship's like. So they're living on dreamland. And to be fair, let's face it, in 1987, we were quite decent in them days as well. Yeah. It's rare that you see a team being as bad as Aston Villa are this season. And we give it a go. And then, give it, you know, being you know, right back up there next season. I think the, 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 the best quarter of the week has got to be Julian Lescott. You, you, you'll never beat that in a million years. I mean, whoever's advising him clearly hates him. What was he said oh, it's to it's taking the pressure off? It's a weight off their shoulders. Yeah. They've been really good at it. They can <laughs> now focus on the task ahead. He must have Jose Basingo as his media advisor. It's and then, <laughs> then he was getting crap off Villa fans on the season quite rightly for being ridiculously bad and he was tweeting photographs of his posh cars and then said oh it hacked it and he went off and it was in my pocket but that's modern football right we're coming to the end so I'm going to do this quickly and then we'll go to the hour's end so we've got two games coming up let's talk about them very 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 quickly tomorrow night what do you reckon um, yeah I'm a bit gutted about tomorrow night because I've booked the day off to go and blah and anyway it's a long story but circumstances mean that I can't, I can't now go I hear that same with me fella yeah but um Brighton, I mean, they spanked Fulham, which is always a good thing. Five 0 didn't they? I, I like Brighton. I'd quite like to see them. I'd quite like to see them go up. Um, equally, of course, I don't want us to give them a helping hand. But uh, Jimmy's, you know, away from home, as you said, you know, I mean, we we, we don't win money, but we you know, we're, we're starting to look, you know, as if we're not shipping that many at the moment as well. So, I mean, I'm going to go for another nil nil on Saturday. Quickly, uh, Reading, uh, fake hoops. I think we'll win that two nil. Uh, tomorrow, like we're, there, as, Chris. as Chris said, we're resolute away from home, but this will be a real test of our resoluteness away from home. If we get a, if we get a result of Brighton, we've done well. Saturday, I actually think there'll be quite a lot of goals. Reading concede goals, score goals, so I think there could be quite a lot of goals. I'll go for four two. Um, yeah, I like Brighton as well. I wouldn't mind to see them going up. At the same time, I wouldn't mind them to stay down and play them again. You know, next year, maybe they change it to a Saturday so we can all go down and enjoy the sunny, <laughs> sunny day in Brighton while they while we play them. But um, I think it's an interesting game, and it will be a real test of whoever um, Jimmy chooses to play there um, because they're, they're the form team of the championship at the moment. Last ten games, they're top of the league. Um, everyone kind of thought they'd slip back into the uh, into into the uh, top six, maybe. Been, Maybe even slip out of the top six, but they've they've got stay, they've had staying power, which has surprised people. So, I think, um, like the guys were saying, we've been a lot more solid um, away from home. So, optimistic, we would say we'll pick up pick up a point there, and then I expect us to beat Reading on Saturday. So, four points from two games. Well, I I I, I, I was due to go tomorrow night, but for reasons being under my control, I'm not going, which is a shame. Reason why I didn't go Saturday as well. But I did some work for the um, vice. Brighton chairman once, and I yeah. really want to stuff them. Um, <laughs> lovely, lo- lovely man. Lovely, loved it all. Great job, great yeah. job, great job. Just, just please stuff them QPR. Just please. I don't. I don't. Also, it, it'd be nice to get a nice away win at Brighton. You know, just, just bring them down the earth. Then they can concentrate in the playoffs or going up, whatever. Just be nice to go there and just have a little bit of a wee wee in their parade, as they say. No. Well, why, uh, do you mean you did some work for him? He employed us. Oh, flowers. He, yes. All oh, right. What do you okay. think it was? 
Oh, Bungee know. jumping? Was he a bit of a prick? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> of course not. I, I planned confidentiality. Yes. Um, Saturday, I think. I think we'll win both games. I think we'll win tomorrow night 1 0, and I think Saturday we'll, we'll win about 4 0. Never let it be said after a three minute listen, this podcast is not positive. <laughs> he says that I, as he puts down his cider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you that, that his, the, his nurse, the, the, the nurse said these pills would never work and she was wrong <laughs> right it's the hour's end of the show so we should really start with our guest this week of um, Kevin right uh, positive one uh, just want to wish good luck to all the QPR fans who are running in the London Marathon some are running for the Community Trust others are running for other charities hope they have a, a good run enjoy it and don't zigzag because you're just going to do extra resistance I yeah, <laughs> just think the same thing Good yourself. Good tip there, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wear some shoes as well. Yeah, probably nice goodies. Carry on. Are you looking at me? Okay, I'm cross-eyed. I was trying to. <laughs> okay, squint eastward. That's great. Nick. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That, that that tortured me for ten years of my life. But oh. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> as you told us. I know. It's still oh, okay. tortured me. Um, yeah, I haven't really got an answer. I'll I tell you what I'd quite like to do is get a few more songs for for the players. Mm. Um, because I think I know it, it sounds true. a bit daft, but when we had like, for instance, the Bazaki song, I know we've got Mackie, but he hasn't been playing that much. But a good, decent, rousing song for a player, rather than just your, your sort of standard, just blah blah player's name, and that's it. Um, I mean, I did come up with Owen earlier in the season. <laughs> you got to fight for your right, Kiarty. Never, ne- like never that. took <laughs> off. Never took off. Maybe it will do next off. season. But I think, I mean, we, we've said it all along, and uh, you know, I think it's the same. Anyway, I was the chart. I was talking to a Charlton fan. Uh, there's lots of different people at our work for Arsenal fan, all the rest of it and, and atmosphere is in most grounds in the country is is pretty dead unless you've got the Palace Ultras uh, uh, yeah. giving it large um, and, and I think maybe that's that's oh, yeah. part of the reason you know it's partly the the, the you know the, the, the sort of influx the, the less the influx of more sort of well-to-do people coming in who haven't got a football it's background it's the age said, po- it's Chris. the age profile class, class war it's class in war, reverse yeah. the but average what? age has gone up so much at football so then it used songs would come from the younger element of the of the crowd yeah and because they've been priced out now the the average age especially in the premiership has gone way up but that's going to change next season with these um, reduced prices, which is what the Championship is going to have a massive headache about because it's now going to compete with Premiership clubs getting more exposure and being cheaper in some respects, which is going to be difficult. Well, we haven't got an awful lot of competition, have we? Because we've, we've got Fulham... We haven't got an awful yeah. lot of competition in London. No, I, no, I mean in West London or, or West-ish London. Mate, if, you've got, if, you've got, if, you've got, if you've got an Oyster card, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Hanwell Town. You've only got... This is what, I'm glad you said that because it really annoys me. I know the pitches have gone to six aside now, the old plastic pitch by um, Rangers. Yeah, um, but, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. But it used to be you go down there on a Saturday and it used to really depress me you'd have Liverpool shirts, Man U yeah, shirts, yeah. Chelsea shirts. Very rarely you see a QPR shirt in your own area. These, you've got to remember that these, I mean, I lived near, um, it, well, in between Arsenal and Tottenham and uh, Under my, my daughter goes goes to school there and uh, funnily enough and uh, and all of our mates are Arsenal Tottenham fans and they take the mickey out of her being for a QPR fan I, ask, I say, say to him how many times ask him how many times they've been none and she's 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 been going since she was six so you know at least she's supporting a team my, my mate Stephen Cross and Dungannon his nephew Philip Cross is a massive QPR fan and he used to go to when we were in the second second division he used to they all the season tickets so he'd come over nearly every game 
and they go back to school and they take the absolute piss out of him with their man new fans or whatever and he would just say I seen a game Saturday you sat in your chair and watched it on telly and that's the attitude and he is QPR for life and if you're listening Philip you're an inspiration to many people from Dungannon who aren't QPR fans (laughs) Chris, uh, yeah. Have you, sorry, Chris. No, so, no, so I was just going to say. So that was my R's end in a roundabout way. Uh, come up with some decent songs. So maybe, maybe you could even submit them to the podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll read them out. Do you know what I miss? We're blue, we're white, and then something down oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. loved that song. It was very uncomplicated need, and very it, easy it, to sing. Is the big German? Is it? Well, I suppose we've got one for him. But uh, we need somebody who's six foot two, eyes are blue, don't we? Really, uh, that was my favourite song. Oh, <laughs> but the, uh, the big, Ger- the big German so- song always reminds me of Chris Cormier. They're not songs of praise. But it, yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's it's when, when someone starts singing that, everyone joins in because people people yeah. people know that one. The Buzaki was brilliant when that yes. used to resonate around yeah. the ground. I just think we could do with a few more of those. Um, when you've got a few of them in your locker, people might be more inclined to join in. That's it. Over to Chris. I don't really have an arse end, but um, as everyone knows, surely by now is that we've, we've got a live podcast coming up on May the fifth. So maybe everyone could kind of like come up with said just suggestions for chants and sing sing them up, sing them at the live pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe do that at the end of the evening when everyone's had uh, okay. that could be interesting um, and where is this live pod do tell Christopher oh it's in Kilburn isn't it it the, is in Kilburn and it starts at about 7 o'clock and yes. we've got a couple of guests and who are the guests we've got Lee Hughes we've got Lee Cook and, yeah. and it's good to kind of balance out Lee Hughes who's coming to the club recently and uh, Lee Cook who was there not too long ago but also during a completely different time when he had a signing on fee for leaving and the club were in such perilous situation financially that he actually gave it back to us. Uh, it's a true that club legend. Very true. My odds end of the show, because I have to ask myself, which is a bit weird, is that um, I would like to see as many people at the podcast as possible that fall off from Chris, because without your support, the podcast doesn't exist. And we do appreciate it. And we do welcome your feedback. Um, and everything else and um, it's only by you telling us where we are going right and wrong that we can make it better or worse depending on what the ideas are um, and please come support us and help us keep going because you know we try and get as many fans on as possible try and get as many ex-players on as possible and you know it's, it's a good crack this podcast to be fair and we all enjoy it and it's, it's independent and thank God for that and always will be my, my real hour's end of the show is can we just have a little bit more unity and love you know, and, I, and that's coming from me, and I started half the rows. But I would like on Twitter and in the grounds, everything else, a bit more less arguing, a bit more unity, a bit more love. And remember, we're all Queen's Park Rangers fans. We're all entitled to the opinion, and we all want the best for our club. Well said. I went, and one last thing, I went to this, 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 no, this is terrible to admit this, but I did. I went to remember the audience, this fantasy football thing in the sky. They had Michael O'Neill and our manager on. And, um, I had a VT of your man, the comedian, who's a Chelsea fan. Um, can't remember his David name. David Padil? No, the... Um, the other one. The guy who did the film. Um, anyway, and he was going through his Chelsea... It fillery in his best Chelsea eleven, And then had the cheek <laughs> to say, don't know where he went. I mean, really. Oh, no. I mean, seriously. Behave yourselves. And, yeah, that just sums up Chelsea fans. That was, that was horrible. Because I was in the audience booing every single player. <laughs> and... Everyone, I think, on their own. yeah, and they, yeah, it's, and when they got the Clive Walker, I just showed a flasher, and, <laughs> and um, 
I was surprised I wasn't thrown out at that point. But yeah, it was a strange 11. And it, it was probably the most torturous thing I've ever had to do is sit through that. It was hell. Do you know I, the funniest thing about Mike Fillory? Go on. His mum was uh, on the committee of the supporters club at Chelsea. So when no. her son signed for QPR, she was absolutely disgusted. <laughs> and, and by the way, I can, I can tell you this because you know, I, I know from going to Chelsea and Westminster Hospital a lot recently that Chelsea fans on game days or any other time when they're walking around and you weren't anything to do with QPR... They hate us. Forget what they say on Twitter. They don't like us, and you will get abused, like I have been. <laughs> Listen, thank you for listening to Open All Eyes. I hope you've lasted longer than three minutes. That was the intention. Please do listen again. <laughs> please do come to the live podcast, and please give us your feedback. This has been a W12 production, and thank Chris, thank you. Thank you, Finney. Thank everyone. Yes. No, no, I haven't thanked anyone this week. I feel like I should thank Chris. Thank you. Oh, thanks, yeah. Th- thanks for having me, Paul. Easy. Kevin, you've been a brilliant guest. Please come on again, and we can even talk about the three musketeers with the QPR <laughs> fan in it that you were working on. You're most welcome, thank you. Good man. Come on, you ours. QPR, QPR, The world's most popular QPR podcast, that's us, will be holding its traditional end-of-season party in front of a live audience on May the 5th at the Good Ship Kilburn. The first two names confirmed are fans' favourite Lee Cook and QPR CEO Lee Hoos, meaning we can amuse ourselves by calling the evening Cook Who's Talking. Please join us. Tickets are a tenner and can be purchased via qprpod.co.uk.